Well, happy Wednesday to you. If uh, you live here in Gainesville, you know that it's still raining. If you're somewhere else, be happy you're not in Gainesville because everywhere you go, that's what's happening. And uh, we've got uh, a little gloomy weather forecast for you because Vegas has come out with odds for all of college football teams next year, the amount of wins that they think they're going to get. And we don't really like where they put Florida. And we're going to tell you that number and talk about it on this edition of Chomp Chat. Jeff Cardozo, Zach Albaverde here with you. It's a Florida podcast presented by SECCountry.com. We all know that a couple of weeks ago it was announced that you can bet everywhere now legally. You don't have to go to Vegas. You don't have to fly there and Although it is sometimes fun to just fly there and and do it because Vegas is legit. But not a legitimate number from Vegas as the odds have come out on the over-under win total for uh, for Florida. And Zach, they've got it at 8. So that means Vegas has Florida losing four games. And I look at the schedule, and I don't necessarily see four losses, but... I probably have orange and blue glasses on, and they probably from uh, you know a standpoint of you know hey these guys haven't been that good. There's a lot of unknowns. Maybe they're right on that number. Yeah, because I think when we both look at this schedule, Jeff, we could think of at least I can three really tough tests in my mind that the Gators are going to have to face in 2018, and I think each one of those three tests can result in a loss. And I've said, you know, before during this offseason on our radio show that that nine and three is kind of, you know, the the projection that I have. I think that they can do that with their schedule. Um, obviously, a lot is is going to have to uh, play out with the quarterback position and some of the other question marks with the team. But the schedule allows them for that for that to be a possibility. And I'm with you. I mean, looking at it, could they lose four games with their SEC slate? Sure. Um, are there going to be four games they play in which? They're not the favorite. Uh, I'm not so sure. I think that the Gators are going to be able to be the favorites in, in most of their games, but probably the three that I think are going to be the toughest tests. So let's try to figure this thing out. Florida State and Georgia are probably two obvious ones. If you're looking at both of those games and you had to say Florida for sure right now in the, the sixth day of June is not going to win this game, would it be in Tallahassee or in Jacksonville? I mean, I would obviously think that the the game in Jacksonville, they're going to be more likely to lose. Um, and you'd have to put that at the first, obviously, because of what the Bulldogs have done and certainly the way that they beat Florida last year. Uh, you know, the game against FSU was a little bit more competitive. But uh, it's, it's funny, though, Jeff, because, you know, we do our radio show and uh, it is funny to, to get the calls that we get about – the doubts that there are out there about Georgia and you know how the, overrated yeah, they are. and the mat and I think a lot of folks feel like that you know they had a magical team last year it was a magical run with all the right pieces that came together and with the seniors that they lost some changes in the starting lineup uh, and maybe more pressure placed on Fromm's shoulders that they're not going to be the same team that they were uh, in 2017. Uh, you know, we'll see if that comes to fruition. I don't feel that way going into the year. But there's no doubt that you have to look at that that Georgia game as the Gators being an underdog going into it, at least right now. Yeah, no, I, I think certainly. And, and I think the reason why that Georgia answer is right, so I'm proud of you for uh, for agreeing with me on this. It's, it's one a hard one now. Well, even from the standpoint of you, you're going to Tallahassee, and that's not an easy place to win, but 
Georgia is then four games before Florida State. And if all the scenarios we've talked about here on Chomp Chat come to fruition and Felipe Franks isn't the guy or Kyle Trask isn't the guy, you know, maybe Emory Jones is starting after the bye week, which would be that Georgia game. And maybe you don't expect him to do all that well in his first time out there against what should be a really good Georgia defense. But then after that, you have three more games to get ready for Florida State if inevitably Emory Jones is the guy. So I think Florida would have a better chance to win that game in Tallahassee because it's at the end of the year and because Great point. all these guys have adjusted to now what Dan Mullen's trying to do and, and they're understanding the offense and, and knowing the rivalry, Dan Mullen's going to get these guys really jacked up for it, especially if they lose to Georgia, especially if things aren't going the, the right way for this Florida football team. So so that's the way you can look at it. If Florida sucks this year, well then the, the, the new Rockney speech is, hey, win one and beat your rival Florida State because they've beaten Florida, it seems like, for the last decade. Or if it's the other way, Florida's playing really well, and now, hey, you beat Florida State, you got a chance to go to the playoff. So I think that's why that, uh, that Florida State seems a little bit I don't know if it's easier, but a little more uh, realistic that Florida would win that game. So I guess if there's two, we've got to come up with two more on on what the losses are going to be. So I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to let you say the, the third hardest game on the schedule, and I'll probably argue with you on it. Yeah, well, look, I mean, to be honest with you, Jeff, I think that when a lot of people look at Florida's schedule, and especially this three-game stretch that they have here at the end of September and early October – Many might point to the LSU game on October 6th, which is going to be Florida's biggest home game all season, and then the road trip to Tennessee. And obviously, while the Gators lost to LSU last year and could have, maybe should have lost to Tennessee, I still don't think that those teams, at least especially LSU, um, are really that much better than Florida. When you really look at how they've played and competed the past few years, the fact that the Gators have won those games against Tennessee and been right there with the Tigers, uh, I think having them back in the swamp, the big game that it's going to be, and Florida being at that point in the season you know, where they've had a handful of games to kind of figure out their quarterback situation, uh, have some road trips where they're going to be tested in Knoxville and Starkville, I think LSU is a game where Florida's going to be able to win, should be favored. And look, at the end of the day, This is still an LSU program that has Coach O on the hot seat that has a lot of question marks about it. Now, they're going to always have the athletes and be a tough test, but, you know, they have question marks about the program. And if you're talking about Tennessee, you know, they're getting some buzz and what have you. Jeremy Pruitt might be a great fit there and work out, but they've been a disaster as a program. They've gotten beat by Florida when the Gators have been down. Uh, So while going to Knoxville is never an easy trip, this is not – a, a, a Tennessee team that's really going to test Florida like some of the other conference opponents on the schedule. So with all that being said, I got to point to what Dan Mullen said is going to be the biggest game in the state of Mississippi in the history, uh, and that's the road trip to to Starkville on September 29th. Really? I, I got to say that right now, as I look at Florida's schedule, that would be the third toughest test to me, um, and especially against a team that has had success and has been on the bubble with Dan Mullen I think it's going to be much more of a challenge to Florida than some of the other opponents. Well, Zach, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong, but I'm going to see where you go with this because I, I don't I, I, no, I don't know which are you going to pick. I, I I guess I have a an understanding of why you would say that. I Maybe my thought process is that Dan Mullen knows those guys so well. He knows how to attack what that defense is going to be because, you know, Todd Grantham ran that defense. He knows who's going to be good, who's not good, who to go after, what the tendencies are. I think going to Starkville is 
going to be absolutely nuts. And if you're playing with a young quarterback, are they going to be able to handle that situation? That, that's going to be difficult. But you're now coming off of going to Knoxville and playing in front of 100,000 people. So I don't necessarily know if that's going to be the issue. I think execution is going to be a big thing. And that's where it goes back to understanding the personnel for Dan Mullen. And I, that's where I, I don't think my the game that I go to, and, and I guess maybe this goes against the argument that I had for, for Florida State being second, but it's two games before Florida State. It's a home game, hmm. but I think Will Muschamp's hmm. South Carolina Gamecocks hmm. are pretty legit, and I think that they're going to have a good year, and I think the, the direction that he's got that program and going and obviously coming back to the swamp for Muschamp's going to mean a lot, same as, as, as it's going to be for Mullen to go into to Starkville. I just I have a feeling right now that South Carolina game – is not going to be easy. And, and it's hard for me to say that because I, I guess I've felt for 15 years now that I've been a part of football broadcasts and all these things that I've done that, that South Carolina is really a no big deal. And, and Florida should manhandle South Carolina whatever they do. But I don't know. This, this year seems to be different right now. You know, it's interesting, Jeff, because Spurrier got the Gamecocks to the point where you started to look at them always as a serious contender and as a test for any conference team, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it it really didn't take long for South Carolina to lose that reputation as a program. Um, and Will Muschamp coming on board and certainly the way that things fell out for him at Florida, the Gamecocks have never looked to me like a team that was on the rise um, and, and could maybe get there under Muschamp. But you see what they're doing in recruiting – and you see the way that they beat Florida last year, albeit um, with an interim head coach in, in a season that was a wash. But you know they, they still beat Florida. And I think the Gators are a more talented, maybe team top to bottom than South Carolina still. Uh, but coming to the swamp, I think especially at that point in the year, like you said, if Florida has things figured out, is going to be a game that the Gators should win. Now, the only way that I'll give you that, Jeff, and, and say that maybe the tides could turn and, and, and the Gamecocks come in there looking to get Will Muschamp his first win in the Swamp and, and, and end their season on a high note, if we've talked about all these other games and some of the ones that we feel like Florida's going to win or tough tests, but let's just say they lose some of those games, right? Mm-hmm. And those road trips to Tennessee or Mississippi State uh, result in losses. They lose to Georgia. They lose to LSU, and just the season doesn't go the way that they hope. Well, now you're getting into the end of the year, and that motivation might not be there um, to get ready for a South Carolina game. So potentially, yeah, uh, I could see it, but I think that Mississippi State is going to be more of a tough test. I guess we'll see. Uh, So according to you, Gators are 1-0, they beat Charleston Southern. 2-0, they beat Kentucky. 3-0, they beat Colorado State. 4-0, they beat Tennessee. 4-1, you lose to Mississippi State. 5-1, you beat LSU. 6-1, you beat Vandy. So at 6-1 going into the bye week against Georgia, that's pretty good. That would be pretty good. And look, you know, Vegas predicted eight wins. I know a lot of Florida fans won't be happy to hear that because we've talked to some at Say they're they're gonna get double digit wins. They they feel like that's a possibility because of the confidence that's there in Dan Mullen. I, I don't think that that can happen right away. Uh, if it can, you know, kudos to him and his staff. He wouldn't be the first first year Florida coach to come in and do something like that, um, taking over a dormant program. But we'll see if the, even if the Gators can get eight wins, Jeff, um, and not get to that nine mark that I think that they could hit. Uh, you're talking about uh, a season record where you doubled your win total from the year before and probably did a lot of positive things 
for the direction of your program. So I think the opportunity is there for Dan Mullen to have a lot of success in year one. Uh, how far they can go and how many wins they can get is is going to depend on on how they answer these question marks they have. So this is the way that if you're you're not a better, you can figure this thing out, and I guess you wonder what that bet would be on. So the number right now is minus 110 for the over, minus 120 on the under. So the way you look at that means Vegas has Florida slightly favored to end up on the underside of the eight win total. So if you bet 120, you can win 100 on the under. Well, if you bet 110, then you win 100 on the over. So it's it's very slight, but I, it does seem like a really good number, especially when you go up and down this schedule. So let's just say both of the teams that we have there talked about Florida loses to. So that means you lose to Georgia and Florida State, and that means you lose to South Carolina, and that means you lose to Mississippi State, and there's there's those four wins. But I wonder if that counts the bowl game because Florida would win the bowl game. No. And then that gets you to nine? I don't think it counts the bowl game. I don't know how that uh, that plays out. Because well, at the end of the day, that's what the record's going to be. That counts as a part of their record. Sure, but I don't know if you can project that that far ahead with – Vegas, you know, factored into it. But hey, at least we get to talk about this. What do you think about the change in the gambling and this now being allowed in college athletics? Yeah, I, I, it's it's going on anyway. So I don't know necessarily if it's going to be that big of a deal. I think the one thing that you, you may question because we've had a lot of student athletes come out and say, you know, hey, I, we, we need a stipend. We need more money. We need to take our girls on dates. We need to do all these things. We need to go home, whatever it might be, that you might now – have potentially somebody being able to influence a game a little more. If you, you can get to a running back or get to a quarterback and say, hey, throw me three picks this game and that's going to help me, and, and you play bad, then you know you might get a lot more money because it is legal. But remember, sometimes with it being illegal, that, that could happen anyway. And I think because everything's so publicized now and social media is what it is, it's just really difficult for people to be able to do that. So I, I don't mind it, you know, and I, I don't necessarily think – you know, Zach, I would bet every now and then, but if I go to Vegas, which I did right before the, the baseball season started this year in February, it's not like I was betting on game after game after game just because I could, Yeah. just because I was in Vegas. So now that I can, doesn't mean I'm going to sit there and bet every single week and, and do it on something. I don't think that's going to influence everybody that much. Like If you were already a gambler, you're, you're going to be a gambler. And for the people that weren't gamblers, well, maybe you throw $10 now on a money line of some game and <laughs> try to win 20 or 25 or 30. I don't, I just, I guess I don't see it's going to be that influential across the country. Plus, we've heard about some of the scandals, obviously, in the past about, like you said, folks throwing games and what have you. But I, I really would be hard pressed to see that happening um, at a collegiate level, right? I mean, to, to get to college football players uh, and be able to influence them that way, I just think is a little bit far-fetched. And, and I would hope, too, at an amateur level, that that's just not something that, that you would be concerned about. Yeah. So we'll see how uh, all that plays out, and we'll see if what Zach and I talked about was uh, a good thing. Well, something that was a good thing that came out earlier today is that Tim Walton is sticking with the Florida Gators. The Florida softball coach has signed a 10-year extension. We saw that with Mouse Holloway, and we saw it with Kevin O'Sullivan last year. So Scott Strickland understands the importance of what success has been and what Tim Walton has been able to do. And going to the Women's College World Series, it seems like each and every year has been phenomenal. So Zach, he gets rewarded, and he gets a new stadium now next year, and he's got a kid 
that's going to play in at Santa Fe College in the sport of baseball. So there was a, a lot of reasons why he should stay and not many reasons why he should go and, and take the money at Texas. Well, we got some calls on our radio show this week, uh, Jeff, about fans really worried about Texas lurking out there and trying to come after him and, and lure him in the way that they tried to do solely. And obviously when you have a, a great coach and a great program like the Gators have at, with a lot of their teams and a lot of their coaches, you're, you're worrying about this uh, every offseason. But a really smart move by Scott Strickland to get Tim Walton locked up and for everything that he's meant to, to Florida softball, uh, that's going to continue for a long time. Yeah, Walton's awesome. And it's uh, it's been nice getting to know him and, and understand his theories and philosophies and the way he goes about things. And I think it, it just always fascinates me how each and every year – Despite all the consistency, teams are so different and things are different. And it just it, it makes you think about a lot to, to be able to still maintain that type of success and that long of a run. It, it's special. And Scott Strickland obviously understands that. So congrats to Tim Walton. It'll be nice to uh, see him around here for the next decade and be nice to have you guys tomorrow when we do another edition of Chomp Chat. For Zach Albaverde, I am Jeff Cardozo. It's the Florida Podcast presented by seccountry.com. <laughs>